Salutations, peace, and blessings. You're listening to the Kneel Down Podcast. I'm your host, the Commish. This is a special episode for all those out there that are celebrating this holiday season with their family and friends. I, the Commish, would like to be the one to say to all those out there, Merry Christmas to everyone. Merry Christmas, wherever you may be, and a prosperous new year to come. This comes at a time where everybody is going through something in their lives, be it financial, moral, medical. You never know. It's just the fact that in this day and age, we're still talking about COVID, and it's something that will probably be around for a long time. It's unfortunate that we are going through all this in this day and age, but you know what? We do our best to educate ourselves and prepare ourselves for what could be an ongoing futuristic episode that won't die down anytime soon. Viruses are hard to be rid of, and this is one of the reasons why I'm giving this particular episode some emphasis regarding COVID and any other type of illnesses that may stem from COVID. Uh, But let me just first start by saying that I probably would have been on here a few days ago, but I managed, with the help, of course, of a friend of mine, to get tickets to go see the Philadelphia Eagles play against my beloved Washington football team. So needless to say, I had to travel to Philly, to travel to Lincoln Financial Stadium there in downtown Philadelphia. Shout out to all those in from around living in have friends in philly it was quite the evening it wasn't as cold as it may be right about now unfortunately it wasn't snowing of course there was some precip wasn't a lot uh the commute going in wasn't that bad come to find out that the philadelphia flyers game was canceled so that probably had a lot to do with the commute it was an easy ride going in it was a full house there at Lincoln Financial. A lot of people there. A lot of fans supporting their team or teams that evening. And let me just say that I've mentioned this before on this podcast, how much I adore the city of Philadelphia. There's a lot of good things that you could come in contact with that you may be subjected to at some point in time, whether you're just you know, lounging, it's, it's leisure time, it's time to hang out with your friends, what have you, great places to hang out. And on top of that, there's some good people there in Philly. I, I From time to time, you know, I may crack some jokes on how Philly residents and citizens there get down and how sometimes they could be a bit abrupt, knowing that you are not supporting their teams. But for that Tuesday evening, let me just say that these people, very considerate, weren't as hostile as they probably could have been. A lot of them obviously excited the opportunity to be that close or come that closer to becoming playoff contenders. So I'm trying to build the narrative here of what we saw, what I saw, the commission saw when going to Philly that Tuesday night and how impactful, how prepared these people were, myself included. Me being a Washington fan, you know, I had enough gear on to let people know who I was representing. And in spite of what people probably missed that was on my hat and on my gloves, there were some that probably came to me with their own football advice and what Philly can do. And I couldn't care less. 
But you know, I can't say that to a bunch of Philly fans there in Philly. I had no backup. There was nobody there that was gonna help me out in the event that somebody tried to jump me. I mean, shame on them if they try to jump the commission. Cause they don't know, I don't play. Especially if you're talking about Washington's football team doing the best they could that evening with half of a team available. When I say half, it's more figurative expression of where that team was Tuesday evening. But the, the point is that the majority of the players that were supposed to start that game were inactive due in large part because of COVID. And so when I got there and I saw what was going down, you know, I, I saw the fireworks going off and I, and I saw the crowd. The crowd was into it. And it was loud and very uh, very energetic, you know. There was a lot of uh, love going on if you were a fan of the Eagles. And it was, it was necessary. It, it probably came at the perfect time because it was on a Tuesday and not a Sunday. So there wasn't an empty seat that I saw for yards at a, at a time, at a glimpse, that were, where there were empty seats. I didn't see anything like that. It was full to the gift. It's an expression I use from time to time. It was a packed house. And so we sit and we watch, we marvel. Washington came out the gates early, scored 10 points in the first quarter. They used Garrett Gilbert or Gil, Gilbride or Gil, Gilbert. I believe the last name is Gilbert. I think it's Garrett Gilbert. Excuse me if I don't have the birthday. I don't have the correct pronunciation of this guy. He's a brand new. The guy might have been there 72 hours prior to the start of the game. I have very little knowledge of this man. And it's the fact that every quarterback on that roster was affected by COVID. So I think you might know the direction of where I'm going with this. I'm beating a dead horse, but it's got to be said. We're this close to the playoffs and your starting quarterback or even your reserve quarterbacks are not available to play football? Are you kidding me? This is a problem. Big problem. It was a problem Tuesday night. Because for what Washington did, to at least make the point that they were ready to play football, Philadelphia was ready for everything else coming out the game. Everything else that they needed to do to execute and to move that ball in a position to score at some point. Outside of the turnovers that the Eagles had, this offense for Philadelphia was amazing. Amazing. That or the Washington defense was that horrible. It could have been one of the two dynamics. Either either Philly's offense, Philadelphia's offense was that good. Let me let me just say why they were that good. Because they had 500 and 19 total yards of football. 519 total yards of football. Now, I didn't want to go far into stats, but I think it's the only way I can make my point about what I saw Tuesday night because for every moment that we saw Washington try to do something, Philly took it full advantage of whatever the situation was, if they had to punt, if for some reason there might have been a miscue, Philly took full advantage 
of those mishaps. Full advantage. Miles Sanders looked like Herschel Walker out there. And for those that may not know who Herschel Walker is, look it up. Herschel Walker, to me, is one of the most iconic running backs of all time in the NFL. Miles Sanders had 18 carries for 131 yards. This man could not miss a beat. He was running up and down that field like it was not a problem. There were holes in the defense that were so huge, whether he wanted to run it or if he wanted to drive a bike through it, he could have done whatever it was he wanted to because the holes were that big. That defense did not come to play Tuesday night with a chance, with a chance to get them that much closer to the playoffs. And this was the problem I had when they lost to Dallas because you could see how the energy just starts to disappear when this team is not productive. And whether it's on the off- offensive side of the ball, if it's on the defensive side of the ball, special teams, before long, Washington gets into this rut that they just cannot get out of. And as saturated the field, as saturated as the field was, that Tuesday night after rainfall. Wasn't a lot of precipitation, but it was probably just enough to disrupt the flow of that Washington team. So I go back to Philly, and Philly ran the ball at will. They had somewhere about 230 yards of rushing alone. 238 yards of rushing alone. Running the ball. Just running the ball. Never mind passes. They had 238 total yards of rushing to Washington 63. What's disturbing about a game like this is that if you're even playing for a chance at the playoffs, you pretty much know before halftime the extent of where this is going to go. And like I said, outside of the turnovers that Philly had early in the first half, this is a completely different ball game. Completely different ball game. It's to my understanding, I believe there were 10-10 at halftime. Perhaps there were 10-3 or 10-7. I don't remember exactly what they were at halftime. I probably should have paid more attention to that. But what I'm getting at is that for what Philadelphia needed to do to win, and considering the fact it was Tuesday night, they had no problem with execution. Given those two turnovers, they had no issues with execution. Washington didn't come to play. They looked lethargic on defense, which they shouldn't have, because that was a game that should have been on Sunday. They played on Tuesday. So what was the problem? And I got to believe if you're talking about a team that's affected by COVID, you're not really playing with the group of guys that you've known since September, or, or, or dare I even say since July going back to minicamp and going back to training camp you have what i would call a hodgepodge of players playing in an environment where they probably never ever played in before the same thing could be said about the quarterback gilbert had no idea what to do what to make of philadelphia that tuesday night he throws for 192 yards blah 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 and i'm not really blaming him He had to do a job based on what Washington failed to do. And that's another dynamic that I want to talk about is the fact that Washington had to have understood what was at stake. To understand that they were supposed to win that game because they know 
that it was but two weeks ago, they controlled their own destiny and where to take this team. COVID sets in, they got a mixture of players, and they go out there Tuesday night, and they looked bad. They started off great, but it didn't take long for a defensive-minded person or, or coordinator to see how that offense is running, shut down the run, clog up the, the, the gaps, and now you've got Washington on their heels, literally, because they had no grounding on that field. But that's what you take advantage of. You take advantage of the weaknesses and a chance to, of course, gain the opportunity to score. And so that's what Philly did. They won 27 to 17. They owned the time of possession, a little over 35 minutes. There was nothing productive about Washington at all. Sad to say, it felt like a waste of a trip. But you know, when you get a free ticket to go to a game, it almost doesn't make a difference what the outcome is. Because we all understand, for those that go to football games, it is so rare for somebody to say, I got a free ticket, let's go. Then you jump in the car and head on. I mean, if it weren't for that free ticket, I wouldn't have had any problem sitting down in front of the TV on my couch or maybe in some type of restaurant and just watching it from the TV stand, wherever that may be. But the fact we're talking about a live game was exciting in itself. And like I said, the fans showed love. They showed some appreciation. They didn't come at me crazy. Of course, I didn't come at them crazy because I ain't no fool. But it's the fact that the environment was just right for what you would expect from a Philadelphia Eagle game. Jalen Hurts had a fairly decent game. 296 yards passing, one touchdown, had an INT, but what did it matter? They controlled that game from start to finish. For what Washington, I'm sorry, for what Philadelphia had in rushing alone, Washington had in total yards by one yard. Philadelphia was rushing that ball 238 yards. Washington completely, total yards was 237. That tells you the story right there. They ran Washington practically out of the field, practically out of the stadium. And so I had to take it. But you know, the second part, the second narrative to this story was a little bit more serious than the first part of the story. And I, I'm telling you this because I have to imagine that if I'm talking right now, people are listening to this podcast episode, that there are a number of people listening that understand that the commission is emphatically, seriously stressing the fact that how it is so important to be vaccinated. News came back about 12 hours or so later after the game that Coach Nick Sirianni was... He, he ended up with COVID. He somehow or another was stricken with COVID. And, you know, I, I told a friend of mine that I traveled with that the true test of what we endure in these environments will come down to what we do to make the determining factor that if we are stricken with COVID, it's because we did something wrong, because we were irresponsible enough to not do what was necessary to protect ourselves from COVID. And I told him this that evening before I even had a chance to get in my car and go home. 
I made it clear how we feel Thursday would make all the difference in what we did that was right. And for what everybody else did, it was there were so many fans there. There had to have been somewhere close to 10,000 fans. Not even counting the football players. Just the fans alone. There had to have been somewhere close to 10, maybe 15,000 fans. There wasn't an empty seat. So we can assume more of those people were there. And whether they're chicken season holders or not, they attended the game. Whether they were all Eagles fans or not, they attended the game. But the the most disturbing thing that I saw, that where we sat in proximity to where everybody else was, there may have been somewhere close to 15 people with masks on, sprinkled around, spread out where we sat. Closed environment, we're outdoors, yes, but we're sitting so close to the person next to you. If the person next to you doesn't have a mask, you are liable to getting sick. And you, and I have to imagine if you're in that environment and you see so many people out there without masks, I think the first thing that we can assume is that the majority of people out there that have on masks may be vaccinated, maybe, maybe. Let's give them the benefit of the doubt. There are some people that are knowledgeable enough to know that they should be vaccinated at this point because of the pandemic that's still going on and this new variant, Omicron variant, that is just spreading through this country probably a lot faster than the initial COVID virus itself. So we're at a position where we are susceptible to what could be this virus, a new strand of a virus. And there's hardly anybody with a mask on. So they could be vaccinated. But what else stems from this game was the fact that the majority of those people that may be vaccinated were inebriated. They had been drinking. They had been drinking probably heavily. Not all of them. But it's the fact that if we're talking about numbers, if we're crunching numbers, and we're talking about the fact that there are probably 20,000 fans there, and the majority of those fans don't have on masks, then there is a greater possibility that there are a number of people that were there that night that might have constricted or received or got COVID. And it's the fact that if you just had on a mask, then there is a strong possibility that you did not get COVID. I wore a mask and I'm fully vaccinated person I was with was vaccinated. He had on a mask. So the point I'm trying to make is you're in this environment where the place is packed. Even if you had no clue, instinctively you should know that anywhere that you travel, be it a plane, a bus, a a train, wherever you're going, where there is a closed off area and there are people around you and there is no social distancing, that you should be better prepared for what could be a possibility that you too could get sick with COVID. And it's amazing that the coach for Philadelphia got COVID 12 hours later after the game was over. Which means what? Outside the fact he might not be fully vaccinated, he didn't wear a mask. He did nothing to prepare himself 
for this environment at this state in the game, in this state of the season. And now you put so many other people at risk for what could be the same issues regarding COVID. Washington barely had a player, a starting player, to play on Tuesday night because of COVID. And it just seems like with every week that passes, people just decide on themselves to do whatever it is that they want to do because it's in their DNA. It is the fact that it's their right, their civil right, to do whatever it is you want to do, given the restrictions of the law, of course, to just do whatever you want. Hang wherever you want, party wherever you want, socialize wherever you want, and not have to have a mask. There are no mandates. There was no mandates there in Philly. But what I can't understand is that if you know you're going to be in that environment, and you know there's a possibility you may be around people that are unvaccinated, why not just have a mask? I'm fine. Needs to say the friend that I was with is is fine. So what is the problem with Americans or anybody else that feel as though they don't have to have on a mask? Even if you're not vaccinated, and you're in a public establishment like that, where there's only but maybe inches of elbow room for you to sit in to watch a game for what was probably two hours, why not have on a mask? What's the fear that comes with putting on the mask? What's the embarrassment that comes with putting on a mask? People don't know who you are. People don't have a clue who you are. No one knew who I was outside of, of the Washington hat I had on. But even then, no one knew that I was a commission. And even if they knew I was a commission, do you think they would have put on a mask? Because of the fact that I'm constantly enforcing the fact that everybody should be vaccinated and everybody should have on masks, prepare themselves. And this is what bothers me, and it probably bothers so many other people. Because as much as there are people out there struggling with whatever problems they have, sicknesses that they have, there are so many more people that just refuse to do what's right. Of course, anybody can get sick. Of course, there are a number of people that are asymptomatic. That's all facts. Those are all facts. But what can we do to try to at least fight at a chance to be rid of this virus? Now, of course, not everybody can be rid of any virus. A lot would really have to go into that. That could be a lot more detrimental than beneficial. But it's the fact that we are smart enough, at least we thought, relatively speaking, smart enough to know that if I just put on a mask, if I distance myself knowing that I am unvaccinated, I can still have a good time and not have to worry about me getting sick or anybody else around me getting sick. And it's something that will continue for years to come because that's how we are as people. We're so liberated to just do whatever comes to play, whatever comes to our mind. And we have so much freedom to do whatever it is that's within our realms or territory that involve money, that may involve decision making. So there's no disruption there. But it's still the fact that we don't care about what the consequences are. We don't. And as much as it 
might have embarrassed me to have on a mask. I wore it anyway. It kept falling off my face. I kept putting it up my face. I tried to talk and slide down. I put it back up. This is what we. This is where we are. This is what you need to do. It shouldn't. It shouldn't be one of those situations where it's a hardship or it's difficult to, 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 to take care of. People, listen to me. This is very important. This is serious. The fact that I had on a mask was paramount to the people around me that might not have had on a mask. And the same could have been said for those that didn't have masks, that should have had on a mask. And maybe it's not just about masks, but we're there to enjoy a game. But more importantly, we're there to make sure we don't get sick in the midst of trying to enjoy a game. What fun is that if you got to spend Christmas weekend bedridden or in a hospital? But no one thinks about that until it actually happens. That's what's disturbing about this. So says the commission. I normally do my two-a-days, and I didn't get a chance to do it this past week, week 15, in large part because I lost my voice. So I, I didn't feel the need to really get on this mic and try to do two-a-days because I probably wouldn't. I probably would not have been able to sound like I was being heard or, or, or people would have been able to understand the words that were coming out of my mouth. So I don't have two a days available for week 15. But I can honestly say for week 16, a lot of games, of course, are going on. There's a Thursday night game that's happening. And of course, there are a slew of games for Saturday and Sunday. Of course, one for Monday. And I am apologizing. I don't have more in front of me to talk about the games ahead because I didn't think during this Christmas weekend, a lot of people really want to concentrate on stats and numbers or who's playing because this is a time that we should all be festive. This is a time that we should all be happy and be grateful to God that we are in a position that if we're not sick with COVID or any other type of ailment or virus, that we can find the time to appreciate what we've been through for this entire year. This may be the one holiday that we can actually sit back and think and reflect on what we've been through for the entire year. Wherever, wherever you may be, regardless of where you are, whoever's listening, this is the best time to be able to reflect on where we've been before we move forward in the new year and the struggles that may be to come. It's something that we are all able to do if we just put forth the effort to do something about it. I have full faith that the people that listen to this podcast are knowledgeable, sensible enough to know what's necessary, to know what to do in these times of despair and desperation. I can only hope that this holiday season will be a time for everybody to enjoy themselves and maybe just take it a step further and think twice about the things that we do. So says the commission. I want to thank all those that have been listening to this podcast to this point. It means so much to me as it normally does. You have been listening to the Kneel Down podcast. Of course, I have been the commission. I haven't changed a bit outside of my attitude and my voice that sounds a little bit better. It's been an outstanding week. It's been an outstanding year for me and my family. And I can only hope the same can be said for those listening to this podcast. I wish everybody the best this weekend. 
this Christmas weekend. Again, I say Merry Christmas to all those out there. I will have an episode again soon about the NBA. Some games going on on Saturday evening. Of course, I'll touch on that. But that being said, I say peace and love to all those out there. Stay safe. Get vaccinated, people. I'm out.